Welcome to Under the Radar, a show about independent iOS app development. I'm Marco Arment. And I'm David Smith. Under the Radar is never longer than 30 minutes, so let's get started. So this show is about independent iOS app development, and this is a thing that did not exist until about 10 years ago, uh, because this week was the 10-year anniversary of the original iPhone SDK becoming available. Now, App Store hadn't launched until the following summer, but or rather, I guess this this summer, like, so like a few months later. Um, but we had a few months before the App Store's launch, where in March 2008, we were given the very first version of the iPhone SDK that had been announced, I think, a couple of, couple of uh, months beforehand. And we were finally able, for the very first time, to make our own native iPhone apps um, without you know weird hacks like jailbreaking or anything else. So it was the very first time that anybody could sign up Get, an, get a developer account and download the SDK and build their own apps that ran on their iPhones. We couldn't distribute them until the App Store a few months later, but this was the this was the beginning of mainstream iPhone app development. And it, it, it there, there's there's been a number of uh, of good comments on it uh, this this week. Uh, Craig Hockenberry wrote an excellent blog post. Uh, that's that's probably the, probably the best one to to refer to. And I kind of wanted to uh, look back this week and think about what this did for us. Um, maybe think about some alternate future in which this didn't happen, um, and then um, I don't know, kind of kind of reflect on that. It's been ten years of being able to make iPhone apps and 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 what that means to us. Um, so I guess the 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 initial uh, road I want to go down here is. What if the iPhone didn't happen? Like the entire iPhone, not just the SDK. What if the entire iPhone never had happened? Where do you think we'd be today? I think I would be making web apps or web websites. Um, like that's what I did before I did this. Um, and it's kind of a strange thing to think about, but like I would probably still be doing that. I was like before I got into iPhone development, I was a Ruby on Rails like web developer. That was my job. And I mean, there's more likely than not, that's what I would still be doing because that's like what I had gotten good at and um, had kind of built up a, a, a skill set for. And so um, it's a weird thought, but I would probably still be doing that. Like in a world where there is no kind of like mobile revolution type of situation and it's still just the web. It's like I would still just be, you know, making front ends for for databases, basically, uh, which is what I was doing before I, you know, ever ever saw an iPhone. Yeah, I think I'd probably have a similar outcome. I mean, I do think that the the mobile revolution, like the smartphone revolution, was going to happen regardless, um, and so that you know, it might, it might not have happened as soon. I mean, it might have taken a few more years. Um, because there were, you know, there were already phones before the iPhone that were running like, you know, the like the Windows Mobile Pocket Edition and, and um, very early versions of Android that look like a clone of BlackBerry OS and, of course, the BlackBerry itself. Um, you know, those those were pretty big platforms at the time for, you know, not not big by today's standards, but for the smartphone world of 2006, you know, like those were big, big platforms. And so I think I would probably have tried, you know, once those platforms got sophisticated enough to have app development that wasn't really painful and really limited the way it was back like in the old palm days i think i probably would have tried to make apps for it because as soon as i got one of those phones that i actually liked 
and and had to you know use every day i would have had the itch to write stuff for it so i think i think i would have tried it but there's a huge question there of like whether it would whether it would have been able to become a career or not yeah i don't know i i actually spent a lot of time making apps for palm and uh, pocket pocket os and windows mobile um, that was actually my first job out of when I was actually still in high school. So I have experienced the pain and joy that that was making mobile apps back before like mobile apps was a thing. Um, and it is kind of weird to think that that's where my career started. But like, it is weird to think if, if like Windows Mobile had become the thing that had like progressed and gotten, you know, become the main thing um, down the road, because that was a that was an interesting platform to to make apps for. I think I remember ma- I was making a lot, most of my apps for that um, in Visual ba- in Visual Basic. I think it was, yeah, because um, <laughs> it was all you know it was all Microsoft like in Visual Studio, and um, I'd make apps. Uh, I my my first my first job was making apps for railroad inspectors. Um, they used uh, Palm devices and then Windows Mobile devices. I think it was a Compaq iPack. I think is what they called it. Yeah, I feel like that was the like that was that that was my first sort of like mobile development, and I did went down that road for a while, but then I just changed jobs and got into web development. Um, so I guess maybe I would have been well served if the iPhone had never happened, and you know Windows Mobile development had grown up to be like the big you know sort of the the big revolution in mobile computing. Uh, I guess I could have dived back into that, but that was a really weird. It's a really strange platform because it was sort of like it was sort of like developing desktop applications but everything was just smaller Um, yeah i I don't think it had really it hadn't taken it hadn't gotten to a point where it really took advantage of the fact that it was um a different thing that it was really a you know the way that you would build an app um to be mobile and to be mobile first and to be always connected which of course what they weren't you know they were all you'd have to develop all manner of syncing um, hard, you know, like physical syncing software where, you know, you plug in your device to your computer and let it sit for five minutes and then you'd unplug it and, you know, you'd have whatever you had stored onto it at that point. But, you know, it was, it, it just did not have quite the same, I don't know, that sense of elegance and, um, connectivity that, uh, we just take for granted now, I suppose. I can totally see a, a, you know, an alternate route for history in which, you know, the iPhone didn't come out. Other platforms, you know, came out. Whether it you know, whether it be Android or BlackBerry or Windows Phone or or WebOS, one of those would have become the dominant platform. And you know, we'd have probably you know probably two like we have today. And I think it would be you know, it, it's it's not hard to imagine Apple just like sitting back and missing it, or sitting back and and not succeeding because maybe they tried and, and it failed. Because that happened to Microsoft. Like you, yeah. you, you can see, exactly, Microsoft is also like you know this big web, or this big software platform company that had a very successful OS, and they just didn't. It just didn't work out for them in mobile. So Apple could have been there, and so like I don't think this is this is that unreasonable future to imagine. Um, but it's it, and and I think what we would have been doing is probably what but you know probably the way a lot of uh, Windows people look at their world is like we'd be we'd still be using Macs as our platform of choice for for our desktops and laptops but we'd have to be using someone else's phone and developing apps maybe if that's our job for other people's phone platforms that would just be a thing like even just like android developers now like a lot of android developers do it from a mac and that's they just 
you know, there it would be like that, and we that might even be what we're what we are doing. <laughs> we, we might be Android developers, um, and it would. I think the, the the thing about that that would make me sad, um, besides that, you know, <laughs> many other things <laughs> is that is that um, I really like Apple's uh, Objective C language. And I'll get to, you know, Swift I would have eventually gotten into as well. Um, and I really like Apple's frameworks. Like, one of the things that made iOS so awesome to develop for is that you had many of Apple's same frameworks. You know, you had all foundation, and then you had a lot of the same, like, media and and other, like, advanced frameworks that you had on macOS. And it was always so nice. Like, you know, Mac developers always have appreciated the, the awesome apple frameworks that they got to use but you always got to use it on the mac in like this like small specialized market of mac software and the iphone let you use amazing frameworks on the mass market platform like uh, like the one like the high profile high market high value platform you could use these awesome frameworks that was never the case before and because you know before like you know the the high the high powered high market uh platforms would be either windows or the web and Windows development was always kind of all over the place. You know, there were some bright spots, but you know, not not a lot. Um, and the frameworks were nowhere near what Apple had going for them. And the web, you know, the web is a mess even today. But at least today, it's a lot more capable. Back in two thousand six, the web was not very capable uh, for making any kind of sophisticated application, especially one that had to depend on things like intermittent connectivity. Um, and so that was, you know, it was a lot worse back then. So yeah, I, I think, I think the, that alternate world would have been fine. I, I too would probably mostly be a web developer and maybe I'd make apps for my, you know, windows or Android phone as a hobby on the side. Um, but I don't, I, I think that would be the extent of it. And I think, I think that's crazy about that though, too, is the the degree to which it isn't just so much that the iPhone existed. It was the it was the advent later of the App Store that I think really, from a personal like career perspective, changed it from I remember seeing that the the announcement that there was going to be an app store and just deciding that like I'm just going to try this. And I had no background at all in this, in Mac development um, at all. Like I'd never written, I didn't really even know Objective-C was a thing. Um, but I just, when, I, when, when they decided that that was going to be a thing, that that existed, that was the, the, like the point for me. That even when the iPhone had come out and the iPhone SDK had come out, if it had just been those things, I'm not sure if I, like at the time I didn't own an iPhone. Um, I you had a, a Sony Ericsson flip phone, I think. Um, and I was perfectly happy with that. And it was, it's, I think even more so than the advent of the, the SDK was the advent of the, of the app store and saying that, you know, we're going to you know, create this platform by which anybody in the world can sell applications for this, you know, this hot new device. Like that change was, I think, really the pivotal thing for me personally. And then if that hadn't been there, um, I would be, you know, I, I'm not even sure if I would have gotten into it, you know, developing apps for the iPhone or getting into mobile development at all. I'd just be, you know, staying as a web developer where I was, you know, pretty happy at the time. So one other alternate future to consider before we move on and talk about what actually happened with us is um, what if the iPhone had happened and, and everything, you know, and, and it succeeded, uh, but the SDK never did. So the iPhone, like, assume the iPhone happened, it became as popular as it did, which honestly I don't think would have happened without native apps, but let's set that aside for now. In, in this alternate future, the iPhone is out, is as, as popular as it is today, but we can still only make web apps for it. How do you think that would have changed things? 
I mean, I think the big thing that would have struggled with is the like a, I think I guess we would have gotten really good at web development and like <laughs> HTML5 and all that type of stuff. But I think you would, the biggest impediment would have continued to be distribution because the like the the blessing and the curse of when apps were just websites, then you have all of the sort of implications that you had for just you know websites in general that it's you have to get people to your app and to find it and to use it and if that is i think at a technical level there's a lot of things that could have been problematic about that you know in terms of access to hardware or performance or you know the the sophistication and the robustness of an application you can make is just always you know is going to be more deep and significant when it's a native app than when it's a web app Um, but i think it would have struggled just from a you know to make that a viable career or viable business um it would have been i think a really steep uphill battle um compared to what we had that it's while the technical side of it um i think is you know is significant and i think you're right i don't think the iphone wouldn't would have caught on um in the same way because i don't think apple would have been able to add capability to it fast enough to have the just you know this explosion in utility that they were able to take advantage of um if it hadn't been for third-party developers but yeah, it's like if if we had just been sort of stuck there with uh with with without, without a native SDK. I mean, either that or I guess jailbreaking could have been a really significant thing. Where if Apple had just decided we're not going to do this at a certain point, you know, like jailbreaking may have just been a very common a common activity that everyone did when they bought their iPhone, um, so they could get actual applications uh, for it, even if it wasn't you know endorsed by Apple or supported. Web development, it, it would it would be like starting the entire platform in fifth gear <laughs> you know it's like you'd eventually build up speed and momentum and and have this be a a robust platform but i don't think it would ever be as good as as native apps uh for for a while if ever um and and, and it would definitely have slowed down the you know how how much this platform exploded because you know, I, I think you're right you know distribution discovery uh monetization are all way harder with web stuff and especially they were back then um you know you think it's you think it's hard to get someone to pay for an app try to get someone to pay for a website in 2007 heck even today it's not an easy thing <laughs> so you know i i think it would have it would have been it would have worked out okay but it wouldn't have been anything special, you know. Just like other platforms, you know, if the iPhone never existed, like you know, we'd all be using Windows and phone or whatever. Like, it would have been fine. It would have been, you know, we we would have gotten by just fine. Some people would succeed, but I don't think it would be what it, what it was. Um, so anyway, we are brought to you this week by Squarespace. Enter offer code Radar at checkout to get ten percent off your first purchase. Make your next move with Squarespace. Squarespace lets you easily create a website for your next idea. <laughs> I love that this is this is what we have this week. You can really easily make make a website or a web app with Squarespace with a unique domain, award-winning templates, and more. Maybe you want to create an online store. Maybe you want to create a portfolio. Maybe you want to create a blog. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform that lets you do just that, and it's so much easier than it was in 2007. There's nothing to install, no patches to worry about, no upgrades needed. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Squarespace has it all covered for you. If you need any help, they have award-winning 24-7 customer support. And it's very easy to do the entire process at Squarespace from from very quickly and easily grabbing a unique domain name all the way up to adjusting your template to have the exact 
theme and colors and branding and logos that you want. And they're all beautifully designed templates for you to show off your great ideas. Squarespace plans start at just $12 a month. And you can start a free trial with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use offer code RADAR to get 10% off your first purchase and to show your support for Under the Radar. We thank Squarespace for their support. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. So the iPhone SDK, fortunately, did happen, and we didn't have to travel to any of those alternate timelines. (laughs) That would have been horrible in various ways. Um, So it did happen, and and I think it's kind of uh, fun now to spend the rest rest of the episode talking about... um, the very first things that we did, like how did we get started? What were we doing 10 years ago today? Well, and it's slightly amazing. For, like I, I always love keeping an archive of email and having emails that go back because it lets you kind of reminisce and find things that um, you, you, and while you may remember in general, you wouldn't remember in specifics. And uh, right before we sat down to record, I found the email that I um, got back from Apple saying that I had successfully enrolled in the iPhone develop, developer program. Um, and it, you know, the email almost to the minute was, you know, 10 years ago. Um, and it's kind of wild to that. I, you know, they, Apple announced it and I, I went and I created a, you know, a developer account. I didn't have one before. Um, I remember, um, you know, all at the time, so much of the developer stuff was all about the Mac, um, which fair enough, like it was, you know, the Apple developer connection, um, had all this stuff about the Mac, and you could, you know, like it, it was all of a sudden there was this this whole new thing called the iPhone uh, developer program that you had to kind of navigate for. But a lot of everything had been set up um, um, around the around the Mac, and the Mac was still a big part of it. But I went and I signed up, and I knew absolutely nothing about developing for this platform. I didn't know how to how to do it, like what Xcode was, uh, what Interface Builder was. I didn't know what Objective C was or how it worked. Um, at the time, I was coming from a background of Ruby development, and before that, it was Java development, and before that, it was Visual Basic development. Um, so I remember um, retain release uh, memory management being this just like mind bending world for the first like year or two where I was going from a world of garbage collection to all of a sudden having to get into it. But it all started with that, you know, that email that I got back 10 years ago um, that, you know, kicked off all the rest of this process. Yeah. And, and I, I got the same email on the same day, March 7, 2008. And, uh, and you know, at the time for me, I, I too had very little experience. I, I think I had a little more than you and that I made a couple of like little hobby apps uh, on Mac OS, but, uh, but you know, very trivial things. And, and I, I had almost no knowledge of Objective C or, or any of the frameworks really. But a few months prior, I had launched Instapaper, which at the time was a web app. I was dying to, to have some kind of offline access. And so I was very, very focused right from the beginning on getting a specific app done and in the store for day one because you know these you know came out in march they started accepting um applications for the app store on june 26th 08 and then the app store opened i think what it was like july 5th or something like that something like that i unfortunately i was not there for day one because my developer my app store account took i think until october to be approved oh wow um, yeah, because that, so. that was a big. They had a big problem back then, where basically um, it seemed like way more developers signed up than what Apple had expected, and so you know you would register for the account and you could download the SDK immediately, but you you couldn't actually submit anything to the store 
until they approve your account, which I think they still do, but there was this huge backlog and a lot of people kind of seemed like they fell on the floor. Like it, it seemed like, you know, their, their application just like got stuck somewhere or got lost somewhere. And a lot of people, like I was lucky I was approved pretty soon, um, after be, after submitting it, but a lot of people were not so lucky. And a lot of people like you had to wait months for their applications to be approved. And so it was, it was a very, very, um, you know, just kind of luck driven process on whether you were there or not. And I, I also missed day one, not because I missed the deadline to submit, but because I, like I made the deadline to submit to, to be there on day one, but they just got way too many application submissions and they couldn't review them all in time. <laughs> so even though they said, if you submit by this date, you'll be there on day one. In reality, they couldn't, you know, keep that up because it was just a huge influx that they probably, again, were not expecting. Um, so, I was there like day like like day three I think or you know day two or three I, I got I got in but um, it was it was a crazy time back then because nobody knew what to expect that was that, that was I think you know one of the one of the biggest like points of stress and anxiety for me back then is like all we knew was that the iPhone was was doing great and we're gonna make apps for it and it's gonna be you know probably awesome but there were major questions around things like pricing and expectations around pricing uh, there were also major questions about what Apple would require from app review. You know, we, I think a lot of us thought, myself definitely included, a lot of us thought back then that app review would be a lot more strict about interface quality. Like, we really thought that they would, like, reject your app if, if it was ugly or, or, you know, or didn't follow the, the human interface guidelines or whatever. And in fact, that, that really didn't, that, you know, it was very clear from day one that that wasn't going to happen. Uh, but we also had no idea what to price things at. Uh, you know, we had like the desktop software and shareware world. So everyone was at first kind of thinking, well, I guess we can put our, you know, popular Mac productivity app onto the iPhone for 30 bucks, right? That sounds reasonable. And then I remember at WWDC that year, which was about a month before the App Store launched, they had a demo from Sega. I think it was Monkey Ball, some version of Monkey Ball. And this was the only time in the entire lead up to the App Store, where anybody threw out a price in public, or anybody big, right? And so what happened was, Sega was on stage, they gave their demo, and they said their game, this high-profile game, was going to be $9.99. And I remember me and a, and a couple of friends I was talking to all said, oh, crap, they've now set a price ceiling. Like, if this like high-profile AAA game is only $10, no one can charge more than $10 for anything. And that proved to be true. <laughs> in fact, it collapsed pretty quickly after that too. But uh, did, what did you think at that time? Like, did did you expect that, you know that what we got out of in terms of like quality and pricing? Um, I, I'm not sure. I really knew what to expect. If I'm honest, I mean, I, for the, the funny part of the story is I didn't actually own an iPhone, and I didn't actually own an iPhone until <laughs> the following almost a year after I signed up to be an iPhone developer. Uh, I think I got an iPhone for Christmas that year. So. Um, it had been, you know, almost a full year since I started being an iPhone developer before I actually got an iPhone. So um, I knew I, I didn't have very, very, very big expectations or even I didn't download apps from the App Store um, until I got a phone, obviously. So um, I think the thing that I had in my back of my mind was it was just the see, the sense that it, there is so many there's so much interest here that irrespective of what the pricing structure looks like or the quality is like there is just such, such an opportunity. There's just going to be so much interest. And I think that part turned out to be true. And I think I had a similar feeling of, I, because I was coming at, to Apple development from 
without much of a background. Like I kind of like drank all the Kool-Aid I could find to try and immerse myself <laughs> into the culture. And it seemed like, you know, like if you sort of come in that way, that Apple is all about, you know, polish and attention to detail and that the apps that everyone talks about at the time, you know, it's all these, it's about these you know, developers like Omni or Panic um, are the ones that everyone talks about and that sort of, you know, exemplify this. That's what the Apple Design Awards were all about, uh, was promoting that kind of kind of development. And so I think I certainly had in the back of my mind that that was, that was the kind of application um, that Apple was going to require, whether that necessarily be require in the sense of from an app review perspective, um, or that that was what is going to, that's the bar that I would need to strive towards before i was going to be able to be successful that you know that that's what the, if the quality bar was going to be so so important and significant to being successful um and it turns out that, that wasn't actually the case and i mean my first app that i launched on the app store was not winning any apple design awards but it you know it served a purpose and put something out there and i think so much of that early time was just a question of it was just anything you could imagine uh like now if i have an idea for an app I go to the app store, I search for it. It probably already exists. I remember sitting down and coming up with a list of, I don't even know, it was probably 40 or 50 ideas for things that could be apps. And none of them existed. Like it was all this like complete open world of anything that you wanted to do, you could do. And so in, I very quickly lost a little bit of the desire to be perfect and to, to, you know, to strive towards building a really amazing application from a... Um, you know, polished perspective and to just explore the world of, you know, now we have this whole wide world of application to, of applications that can, can be made that don't exist. And at that, at least at that point that people would pay for, um, you know, the initial, it, it, it you, you're definitely right in the sense that there was a very quick cap put on pricing. And then that very quickly collapsed down to, I don't know, between one and four, one and four, one and $5 um, at most. But it was for the first few years, at least there was still a strong sense of, um, you know, that you people would pay for applications. And I think largely because there weren't any advertising platforms at that point, um, there wasn't any other way. If you had a free app, it was free forever, basically, and you'd have no income from it. Um, and so the only people who had free apps were, you know, large companies who want you to download their app and, you know, you're a, you're a customer for other reasons. Um, so people would still pay for apps, even if it, they wouldn't give you very much, but there's enough interest to, you know, sustain a, a one person developer. Well, and also, you know, back then there was like when the app store launched, there was a huge rush. Like I remember like the first, I mean, I guess you didn't have a phone, so you didn't do this, but the, like the, when the app store launched, I, I was, I was, I remember it launched like, you know, midday sometime I was like out to lunch with my friends and a few of us had iPhones and all we did the whole rest of the day was buy a bunch of apps and try them out and because because it was novel it was, it was this, this novelty that like here's this phone that we've been enjoying for you know up to a year depending on you know when in the year we got it uh, and you, it could only do the small handful of things and we wanted to do more and and so part of what drove that initial wave of app success was just people wanted to do more stuff with their phone and so they were willing to, to set money on fire to do it because it was this novel thing and there still were not that many apps. I mean, it, the, the App Store launched with something like a few thousand apps, I think, or at least 500, but, and, and it quickly ballooned from there. So, like, there wasn't a shortage of apps, but there was a shortage of, like, it, it, people were so starved for new stuff on their phone that they were willing to throw money away on stupid stuff like the iBeer app or the Lighter apps or things like that. Um, and cause, just because it was a novel. 
Um, but you know, the reason it got harder after that over time is because the, that novelty wore off. Now all phones can do this, and there's a billion apps in the store, and so there isn't that hunger anymore for oh my god, I guess I'll pay money for anything my phone can do. And, and you know, in some ways, that's that makes things harder. But I think that's just part of the you know maturing of the platform. Yeah, I mean, I remember in the early days that you would try and have as many up, app updates as you could reasonably do. Back, and this was back when app review was like one to two weeks. Um, <laughs> yeah. but because when you were in the recently updated part of the app store, um, you had a tremendous spike in downloads because <laughs> that list didn't turn over very quickly. And so people were always looking for new apps. They would go to the recently updated section of the app store, um, and find your app. And I remember like consciously trying to like, as soon as one app, you know, as soon as one update was approved, I would submit the next one just to try and stay there because you got this big spike because the app store was so small. And oh, that's great. <laughs> sometimes I miss those days, but sometimes I am glad that they're past. That I feel like it's nice that we, we now work in a mature ecosystem that I can make a reliable, dependable income from, and that you know I don't have this constant sense of that if I'm not like frantically making new apps and. Exp- exploiting new opportunities that I'm missing out that I can just like make a good you know good basic straightforward um, living in business from it so as much as I look back to those days with you know with warm nostalgia I, I don't miss them necessarily yeah I'm, I'm it's kind of like looking back on like when you were in school it's like I'm glad I did that that was fun I don't want to go back like exactly. I'm, I'm only moving I'm only looking forward now yeah so anyway hey it's been a great 10 years and uh, maybe here's to 10 more yeah Thanks, everyone. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.